traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. In the squadron, they called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Um, Folks, we've fallen for a trap. A lot of us, a lot of us, myself included at times, but not all the time, but somewhat. I had a feeling this was happening. Every now and then I took the bait and uh, they want you to take the bait. Oops. A lot of people right now are munching like crazy on that debate, on that bait. They're feeding themselves because, uh, well, the Justice Department has now put out something else. It's all bogus, folks. It is all bogus. Here's what's happening. And it hit me. Maybe you've heard this before. You know, they're just trying to distract us. You know, that line never really resonated with me because, um, well, a lot of folks in the fake news, they focus on what's interesting, okay? And everybody does, actually, apart from the fake news. People want to, you know, just what, what are people talking about? What's hot? What's interesting? And since that Mar-a-Lago raid, um, well, that story is kind of fascinating in its own way. But I announced loud and clear when it was going down, I feared that this was like Russia, Russia, Russia all over again, a great big phony hoax. But we will feast on it and we will specialize in debating the ins and outs just like I did in 2018. And, oh, my gosh, uh, the Mueller report and uh, Mark Prince meeting with Michael Cohen on Malta. And did he go to the Czech Republic and whoever the hell George Papadopoulos is and what he was up to and just debating all of the ins and outs. The whole thing was a sham, but they got us to talk about it all the time. And he was obviously innocent. I knew that at the get-go. There was absolutely no way he would or even could collude with the Russians. And as far as Russian interference goes with the 2016 election, they try to screw around with every election. And to the, to the, to the extent that they did, uh, how much money was actually spent by the Russians? About $80,000 or something like that. $80,000 on Facebook ads. Eighty. <laughs> the used watch store across the street spends that kind of money. All right? It's nothing. It was nothing. I knew it anyway. But they took up about two years of our time and the president's time. They sabotaged, tried to sabotage his presidency, and now they're trying to sabotage the midterm elections for Republicans. It's all about screwing it up for us. And I understand the distraction. Oh, it's a distraction. It never really hit me, though. Now, they did this on purpose. They they raided Mar-a-Lago to get us talking about the Espionage Act, the Presidential Records Act of 1978, and you know, getting a bunch of legal analysts on and talking about uh, what is classified, when it's not classified. The whole thing is a joke. The whole thing, the president didn't do anything wrong, but here we are debating it. And we're not talking about crime, inflation, gas prices, our non-existent border, the 13 Marines who were blown up one year ago today in Afghanistan, Ukraine, a war that 
Joe Biden essentially encouraged the supply chain, which is all screwed up still. Speaking of the watch store, you can't get what you want. Transportation? <laughs> Jet blue, anybody? Try going somewhere. This woke stuff, this CRT stuff, this transgender stuff, they've got real problems with Democrats. They own that stuff. But people are losing interest because it's all about, uh, oh, under the Presidential Records Act of 1978, he could be in violation. Shut up. Bunch of vain people on Fox News, too. They've all fallen for it. And they don't care about America, I'll tell you that. They care about uh, hair and makeup and money and who gets to be on TV and for how long. And, oh, by the way, pleasing the globalist owners of that company, Rupert Murdoch. He's a rich guy. He hates Trump. What's good for business is good for America. Is that true? His business in America? I don't know. But he seems to be playing using us as chess pieces. And uh, he doesn't like Trump, like so many others, uh, so many others in power. He's going to screw up their entire game. He already has. You know, Trump is not equipped right now to fight back like he used to be. Certainly, he doesn't have the staff right now. He's not even running. At this point, he's not running. He's got like six people around him. They're good people, but he doesn't have enough people because he doesn't have a full-time campaign operation. He's doing this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, he's dabbling in this stuff. He's endorsing people. He Sure, he gets on his plane and goes out there and makes a speech, and it's great. I love it. But he's not in full-time campaign mode, so he can't really fight back against this stuff like he could when he was president. And here we are debating the Presidential Records Act of 1978, and everyone's going crazy because the affidavit has now been released, the redacted affidavit. I'll get to that in a little bit. I don't like talking about affidavits. I don't like talking about warrants. I don't like talking about uh, Deputy Attorney General so-and-so and, -so and uh, Director Ray and all that nonsense. Hey, I will say this. You know, some people say the FBI is a corrupt organization. A lot of people say that. Quite frankly, I say that sometimes. I do know this. It is a political organization. It's political. Totally, totally political. And my gosh, they were doing political advance work for Joe Biden in the 2020 campaign. Also, of course, for Hillary in 2016. But they didn't stay the hell out of it. Actually, they, they tipped off uh, Mark Zuckerberg about a genuine story, and they said, keep it off your website. And Mark Zuckerberg agreed. <laughs> um, the big issues are just kind of evaporating for people on the right. I'm not talking to the people who go to the MAGA rallies, the Trump rallies. You guys get it. You guys totally get it. But the middle of the roaders, the people who, uh, well, I like Trump except for the tweets. Maybe it would be best if he just, uh, you know that Ron DeSantis, he seems really smart. Maybe you should just step back and let Ron do it. That crowd. Because you have let their lies infect you. And maybe you listen to folks um, it's all over the place. You're listening to the news, and you're wondering. I Somebody very dear to me, very smart, said, well, why was he? Why did he have all that classified information? That's what they wanted. They wanted to put Trump on the ballot in the midterms, even though he wasn't going to declare for president. Uh, he was already a big issue. They wanted to make him a bigger issue, so they raided his house. And now it's all anybody's talking about. I got this stupid affidavit sitting in front of me. Says nothing. It's a bunch of boilerplate language, all the good stuff, all the phony lies. <laughs> it's all blacked out. You can't read it. The rest is just a bunch of uh, quoting laws, qu quoting, quoting the statutes they think are in violation. 
It's an affidavit. It's worthless. It's worse than worthless. It's doing real damage. This crap is the threat to democracy. You look it up. Tell me where the FBI is mentioned in the uh, Constitution. Also in the Constitution, where does it say that a president of the United States can spend uh, $300 billion on his own without congressional authorization? A threat to democracy. That's not democratic. He's always talking about fascism and author- authoritarianism. This is authoritarianism. This is this is authoritarianism, what we're seeing right now. Um, and unfortunately, you know, the left, first of all, they are totally outsmarting um, most Republican leaders right now. Not Trump. Trump knows this. He said from day one, by the way, he was kind of spooked by the Roe v. Wade thing. He was spooked by the Roe v. Wade, thinking that it was going to fire up Democrats, and it has. Democrats seem to love abortion more than our side seems to love the country. Does that make sense? Democrats love abortion more than we love our country because they have fired their base up. Our base is once again kind of demoralized, kind of like, oh, no, January 6th. Can Ron DeSantis run? This is not how you win a midterm election. And uh, who do we have in the Senate? Uh, uh, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell seems to be just not even interested in in winning back the Senate. He's just going to offer his critique about uh, various uh, quality of Senate candidates. And who's that other guy, the assistant principal who seems to be having an affair with the substitute teacher? Uh, Kevin McCarthy. That's what he reminds me of. Sorry. But he does. Um, That guy has no heft. He has no stamina. He's not a wartime consigliere. He's spooked like everybody else, and he just wants people to like him. He just wants people to like him, and he just wants to have that big speaker's chair. It's not about getting anything done. It's about being somebody. So many people go into politics to be somebody as opposed to getting things done. It's one of the very unique things about Trump. He already was somebody, okay, for decades and decades and decades. Everybody else going back about 70 years, was made by the presidency. You know? You know what I mean? Who the hell was Obama two years before he was elected? Nobody. Who the hell was George W. Bush before he became president? Nobody. Oh, wait a second. He was the governor of Texas. Shut up. His old man was the president of the United States. He became the next president of the United States, George W. Bush did, on January 20th of 1993. And he wasn't the governor then. He was the uh, front man, not even the owner, just like the the mascot, really, for the fourth-place Texas Rangers. So what? Bill Clinton, he was made by the presidency. All these guys were kind of just, they went from nobodies to heroes, nobodies to somebodies because of the presidency. Uh, Trump, they were talking about him running for president back in 1980. He didn't have to do this. He wanted to do it for the country. That is really radical. That's really different. And it upsets their business model. So all these issues not being discussed. Crime. Hey, did you see last night on my show? You know, I talked about Black Lives Matter in 2020 and all the fun that people had. You know, rioting is fun and profitable. Oh, it, it is. There's, it's absolutely fun and it's absolutely profitable. I mean, not for law-abiding people like us, not for honorable law-abiding people, but for a good chunk of society, it's a blast. Who else had fun? Mitt Romney? How often can Mitt Romney walk in a rally and be uh, arm-in-arm with black people? 
That was his opportunity, man. Mitt Romney was wearing a Black Lives Matter mask. And uh, who's that other guy? Who's the other guy I really can't stand? Oh, yeah, Roger Goodell, head of the NFL. Remember him? He was the one who was trying to discipline Colin Kaepernick at one point, was on the verge of throwing him out. Actually, I think did throw him out. But then um, George Floyd, the career criminal, drug addict, porn star, um, throws a panic attack in the back of a police car. The cops try to help him by taking him out of the police car. They follow prescribed maneuvers in the Minneapolis Police Department handbook. And George Floyd dies, which I wish had not happened. I also wish that that maneuver was not in the patrol guide of Minneapolis. I really wish it wasn't, but it was. There it is in black and white. It's really too bad that that happened. It's really too bad that that policy was in there. Anyway, the world blows up. And Roger Goodell, who was, um, I don't like making fun of white people, but this guy is Mr. White Bread himself, gets to go out and talk like this. Cut 28. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. All right. Doesn't that feel good? That feels really good, right? Look at you, Mr. White Bread, talking about how you want to help black people. Wow. That's just... That feels good because basically up until then you were supposed to be colorblind, right? You weren't really supposed to talk about that kind of stuff, huh? But there you are and you're marching in rallies. You want to know what the legacy of all that crap is? In addition to the, to the looting and the pillaging and the cities on fire, let's fast forward to Wednesday, the day before yesterday in the Bronx, Cut 29, please. Cut 29. This is a neighborhood under siege. Listen to the fear. Listen to the fear. This is the legacy of all that fun and profit you rich people got. Cut 29. Look in my eyes. I have not slept. 67-year-old Miriam Sintron and her neighbors live in a state of fear. They claim large gangs of young teens have been terrorizing their apartment building in the Bronx all summer. And it's getting worse. They came at us. They beat us. They broke that, that stick from that tree there to beat us with the wood. We don't have nobody. 63-year-old Nydia Carrero says a group of young girls the same night slammed her to the sidewalk, dragged her and pummeled her after she refused them entry into her building. Most of the tenants here are elderly. They tell me they are being swarmed beaten and robbed by ruthless teens who have turned their apartment building into an oasis of lawlessness and who apparently count on their youth to spare them. As the adolescents escalate the violence night after night, residents are left bruised and traumatized. And those ruthless teens are teens who happen to be people of color. And they are terrorizing a community of color. And uh, this is uh, nobody cares about this stuff, though, right? That's the little people. That's the little people. Don't worry about it, huh? Isn't that heartbreaking? You hear that? That's real. That's a legacy of Black Lives Matter in that crazy summer of 2020, huh? They destroyed the country to get Joe Biden in there. Was it worth it? Of course it wasn't. Of course it wasn't. All right, one second. I'll be back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, the affidavit that they just put out is essentially useless. It's totally useless. It's got pages and pages blacked out. It's a total joke. 
All right. The thing is um, most likely full of outright falsehoods. I do think this was a plot. All right. The National Archives was in on it to get Trump to trip him up. Uh, the swamp, they can do that to you. They got a million rules. And uh, there's something very, very sinister about all this stuff. It is a joke. He's going to be fine. Although, although, I'll get back to that in a moment. I think a couple of things. Some people have convinced themselves that Trump is a threat to democracy. And uh, one of those people, he, mm, I don't know what Joe Biden thinks anymore. I, I mean, he's not thinking. He's just, actually, just a few moments ago, he was taking he was speaking to reporters, and you won't be able to see it, but then he points to them like he's ready to take questions. He's mumbling, and then he points like, okay, your turn to talk. And one of his staffers jumps in and says, okay, actually, we're not going to allow the press to ask questions and, and listen to what Joe says. And there's something very sad about the way he looks, almost like he's a little boy and his friends are being taken away and he can't play, almost like he's being held against his will. Cut 49. Where everybody thought that thing would go. Thank you so much, Mr. President. Oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 I took control. I shouldn't do that. I'm not allowed to do that. Go ahead. You tell me. I think we're going to go ahead and um, have the rest of the conversation um, close to that. Thank you all so much. Thank you so much. And he's looking at everybody. He's so sad. Like, everyone's being taken away. He's not allowed to talk to them. Did you hear what he said? Oh, I, I, I made a decision. I'm not allowed to do that. I took control. He wanted to take questions. Well, we know why they didn't want him taking questions, because he always screws everything up when he starts talking. And he looked kind of sad. He looked like a lonely boy who wanted uh, company or maybe wanted to be rescued. Like, he, in some way, he's being held against his will. Now, I don't, I don't feel, I really don't feel sorry for him. Because, well, just last night. This is last night, right? Listen to what he said at some uh, some little mini rally that was thrown together. Listen to what he said about us. Cut 42. I don't respect these MAGA Republicans. I don't respect these MAGA Republicans. That's half the country, pal. That's half the country. Half the country. Make America great. Once again, what's wrong with that? Make America great again. He's uh, He's turned on... On the very country he's supposed to be running, he's supposed to be leading. And that's uh, not... Do you have that that quote from the uh, the inauguration that I asked for? Do we have that when he said he would be unifying the country? Did you guys pull that one together? Cut 50. Let's. Here he is. He has no respect. He has no respect, but what did he promise us? And it was so solemn. It was so sincere. His whole soul was in it. Uh, cut 50, you say? Go ahead. Cut 50. Hit it. Today, on this January day, my whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. And I ask every American to join me in this cause. Wow. All right. And what did he say last night? Cut 42. I don't respect these MAGA Republicans. You don't respect us. You're going to unify us, but you don't respect us. Wow. <laughs> he's anti-democratic. He really is. Hey, people don't like this. People don't like $300 billion. Actually, it looks like it might just be a trillion dollars. Through executive action, a president can't spend that kind of money through executive action. He can't. No way. Article 2, fine. No way can he do this. 
And the American people on a fundamental level, they just know that. They understand that. And here are some folks, some good people, saying, no way, cut 24. I find myself, you know, not exactly favor, like favoring the idea of forgiving $10,000 of a federal student loans. I'm really not for this. I don't think it's a good idea. You guys struggled to repay the debts, and yes. now you're not going to see any of this benefit. No, no. not at all. Okay, I paid her co college as a mortgage. She went to college, and she took care of it all, all on her own, by herself, loans and loans. And I'm quite proud of her for doing it. She didn't ask for a handout. Well, you should be proud of her for doing it. And what is Trump, what is Biden doing less than three months before the election, giving away $500 billion to a trillion dollars to kids, to lazy kids, quite frankly. Sorry, Generation Z, but a lot of you don't impress me. In a way, it's not your fault. COVID, you've been encouraged to stay home, not do too much. Got this phone, the most seductive waste of time ever invented. I get it. I get it. It's tough. And society is to blame for your lethargy to a large degree. Uh, hell, they, they put you on pills. They put you on pot. And here I am giving you a hard time about it. So you're victims to a large part. And this giveaway is not good for you. Uh, I guess it's good for Marxists. That's what they want. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. I guess I'm not going to get to this silly affidavit because, again, I don't want to fall for the trap. It is a trap. It is a trap. They desperately want Trump to declare for president before the midterms. The midterms, they should be annihilated. Democrats should be annihilated. Annihilated. And now they're actually showing signs of hope. They could, <laughs> they're going to retain the Senate. Are you kidding me? They could retain the House of Representatives, huh? Huh? From inflation to crime to gas price, all that stuff. The country's going down the tubes, and somehow they're going to win. How do they do that? Because we're not talking about any of that stuff. We're talking about Presidential Records Act of 1978, unredacted, redacted, uh, affidavits versus warrants, warrants, affidavits. What does that legal analyst say? Man, they have outsmarted us again. They have. They have. They have. They have. You know, Mr. McConnell, he doesn't care about anything but his own personal power. And uh, what's his name? Uh, McCarthy, he just wants to sit in a big chair. I don't think it's that much of a difference, whether it's the speaker's chair or the minority leader's chair. He just can't believe it. He's just some assistant principal screwing around with the substitute teacher from California, and he can't believe he's made it this big. All right? He's a total mediocrity. He has no business being there. He's the one who got nervous right at January. Not a wartime consigliere. Not a wartime consigliere at all. And you know driving so much of this, by the way, is race. Is race. Now, what does that have to do with anything? Well, a couple of things. For none, one, race dominated the conversation for about two years. But you notice when people start talking about race, most people get uncomfortable and most people keep their mouths shut. All right? <laughs> they just do. They don't like talking about it. You say the wrong thing. Uh, they try to cancel you. They try to fire you. So... Most normal people, whatever your color is, you just kind of sit down and stand back and let other people talk about that. Who are the only ones who really are driving the conversation, though, when it comes to race? Who loves talking about it? The left. Liberals. All right? They flex that muscle. They got regular people, normal people, accustomed to being quiet. Uh, I think I'll just sit. I, I think it's my turn. It's my turn to listen. I will listen. I will not engage. I will listen. Yeah, wow, that gets you points for about eight microseconds. 
So they hijacked the debate about everything. And I can't believe this. We've got a crime problem like we've never seen. We haven't seen this in 50 years. Inflation out of control. This is gas on the inflationary fire, $500 billion, maybe even a trillion dollars to Generation Z for these silly school loans. Hey, by the way, most of these – too many people are going to college to begin with, all right? Too many people are just going. It's a bill of goods. I'll, I'll, we'll talk about that next time. But there's a, a lot of folks going to college who really don't need to go to college. It's one of the big uh, – another big lie that's been sold to us, college, college. Um, so here we are with that silly unredact. I'll get to I, – I, I, it makes me sick, quite frankly. It makes me nauseous. I did think that the midterms for a long time were a slam dunk, but I see what they're doing, how they're – every network right now, every single one of them talking about this dopey affidavit. Oh, by the way, and that goes for Fox News too. Fox News. Do not trust them. They are not into America. They are into Rupert Murdoch and status and money and hair and makeup. All right? That's it. And they play country music on during the – bump-ins, bump-outs, whatever, to fool the folks that we're just good people like you. They ain't. They ain't. They don't care. Here's here's evidence, by the way. So last night at about 6.30, uh, this crosses, okay? Mark Zuckerberg admits to colluding with the FBI to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story. Now, one of the pushbacks has been, this is old news. It's not. It's not. We did not know that the FBI went to Facebook and said, the Hunter Biden laptop story is about to drop. Uh, You may want to plan accordingly. Hint, hint, censorship. And Mark Zuckerberg said, well, we respect the FBI, so we went along with it. This is new. Now, we knew that they did uh, minimize distribution of that very important story of the very true Hunter Biden laptop. So this happens last night. I find out, I jump through the roof, lead my show with it. They're pretending that this is as important as, uh, what's a little story that they might do? You know, a hurricane in Thailand, all right? They did 30 seconds on it, and then they moved on. I played the entire exchange. Now, take notes during this. This is very important. On the Joe Rogan podcast, it's turning out to be one of the most important Americans um, alive today. Uh, and maybe in the history of this country, Joe Rogan, who to thunk it? Listen to this conversation with Mark Zuckerberg yesterday um, on that podcast. Mark Zuckerberg, of course, the CEO of the founder and CEO and boss of Facebook, cut 21. How do you guys handle things when they're a, a big news item that's controversial? Like there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story, the New York Post. Yeah, we Post. have that too. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well? So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, uh, some some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like, you should be on high alert. There was, the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically... There's about to be some kind of dump of of um, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. So our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said you can't share this at all. Um, we didn't do that. What, what we do is we have um, 
if something was reported to us as potentially um, Stop it for a second. Important. Stop it for a second. The important part right now, we already know this guy censored the story, and he's basically admitting that, all right, that they scaled it back. The FBI came to us and said there's about to be a dump, similar to 2016. What dumped in 2016? Hillary Clinton's emails. <laughs> Uh, that was not Russian disinformation. What else dumped in 2016? Well, Anthony Weiner's laptop. <laughs> okay, that did. That wasn't Russian disinformation either. And Joe Rogan's going to follow up with a very important question about what did the FBI specifically ask you? And uh, Zuckerberg's answer is very important, very revealing. And again, he's just doing saying in a convoluted way how they censored the story. All right? They censored it. He's admitting that. He, I'll, I'll give him credit. He admits to censoring it, but he's using some euphemisms. But again, the FBI goes to Facebook. And they tell Facebook, jump, and Facebook says, how high? But they want to be told. They, they're eager to jump. Keep going. This information. We, we also have this third-party fact-checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. And for the, I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being um, – being determined whether it was false, um, the distribution on Facebook was decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. So you could still share it. You could still consume it. So when um, you say the distribution is decreased, in, it, it got shared. It, how does that work? It basically the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less. So fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. So it definitely by what percentage? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's 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 meaningful. But, right, I mean, stop but it for a second. Meaningful. All right. Again, he's just explaining the part that we already knew. All right. I knew that Facebook did this. I don't know exactly how I knew that they did this, but they did this. Um, they acknowledged this before, that they scaled this story back, which is a big deal. And what percentage? He says he doesn't know, but he's acknowledging right there. It was meaningful. <laughs> meaningful. It was hard to find the Hunter laptop story. Uh, well, impossible almost on Twitter and difficult to find it on on Facebook. That's not the actual new aspect of this. It's the FBI proactively going to Facebook. The FBI in 2020. All right, what the hell are they doing talking about politics and and lying about Russia disinformation? In 2020, after the Russia probe already proved that Trump did nothing wrong and they're still making noise about Russian disinformation, the FBI now, was it about the laptop itself? Interesting. It's coming up. Go ahead. A little bit more. A, um, a lot of people were still able to share it. We got a lot of complaints that that was the case. Um, you know, obviously, this is a hyper-political issue. So depending on what side of the political spectrum, you either think we didn't censor it enough or censored it way too much. But, right. but we weren't sort of as black and white about it as, as Twitter. We just kind of thought, hey, look, if, if the FBI, which you know, I still – view as a legitimate institution in this country. It's a very professional law enforcement. They come to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something, then I want to take that seriously. Did they specifically say you need to be on guard about that story? I, I No, I, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was it basically fit the pattern. Stop. No, I don't remember. It basically fit the pattern. Okay. Uh... I think it was about that specific story, actually. And it doesn't matter whether it was or not. It fit the pattern. It fit the pattern. This is the dynamite, okay? This is the FBI not, <laughs> not pursuing legitimate law enforcement matters, 
screwing around in an election. This is election meddling. Stay the hell out of it. The FBI needs to go away. You got to rebrand it. You got to you got to find that that the 17 agents who are good get rid of everybody else. We cannot trust it. That's it. Last straw. You guys are over. Finished. Get the hell out of here. You suck. You're compromised. We don't believe you. We don't uh, like I don't believe President Xi of China. That's it. That's it. It's done. And I'm talking about, yeah, I'm talking about actually defunding the FBI. You guys don't deserve the money anymore. This is the game you always play. They're going to go up to Congress. They're going to blame all these mistakes on a lack of staffing, and they're going to ask for more money, and they're going to get it. It's a swamp game. Why? The Federal Bureau of Investigation, <laughs> where are they located? Halfway between, on Pennsylvania Avenue, halfway between the White House and the Capitol. They know how this sick game is played. It's incredible. Full of spies. Wrap it up with Mark. What else? That's it? All right. That's important. That's important. The FBI. The FBI meddled in the election. And Zuckerberg helped. Now, I have seen already Facebook saying that uh, they already said this. No, they did not say this. I went through all of Zuckerberg's testimony this morning. It was a pain in the you-know-what. It's a four-hour testimony. They had him testify November 17th of 2020. This didn't come up. I can't believe it. Now, you know and I know, all right? We're on board. But unfortunately, this kind of nastiness has an effect on normal, regular people who are just blowing in the wind, you know, not taking anything too seriously, not thinking for themselves, allowing, let's face it, we used to turn on the TV and we trusted it somewhat. You looked at the New York Times and you trusted it somewhat. Now, we don't anymore, but a lot of people who don't know any better do. A lot of good people, by the way. Sharon in Westport, Connecticut. Hello. Hi, Greg. Yes. Um, I, want, I wanted to know if I'm missing something here. Uh, he said, Zuckerberg, that they came to him, the FBI, and they said something about, in view of the fact that the the Russian disinformation that affected the 2016, and that's why we're telling you to be aware, blah, blah, blah. Uh, am I missing something, or do we not discount that completely, discredit that completely, the Mueller investigation, et cetera, et cetera? There was no Russian campaign against our elections in 2016. All right. What the Mueller probe did was, contrary to what the fake news says, it exonerated, it did, Trump. There was no collusion. There was no cooperation. There was no coordination between Russia and the Trump campaign in leaking damaging information about Hillary Clinton or creating fake stories, right? That was not done. Now, there was some minimal effort to pump out some bogus news by Russia. But I said earlier, this is established. This we know. We know. It, it happened. Something called the Internet Research Group, the IRG, which is a Russian entity, spent between 2014 and 2016 $160,000. Um, I think 80000 on Facebook ads. The rest was on staffing and rent. So there was a minuscule disinformation effort on the part of Russia, all right? Just like there was in 2012 and 2008 and 2004 and 2000. You can go all the way back at least to the 1970s. They're always trying to screw with elections. Hell, America does it too. We try to screw with, uh, you name it, we try to screw with it. I think we try to screw with Israel's elections. We do. CIA, we do all kinds of monkey business. 
That stuff happens. It's no big deal. It really is no big deal, especially when you look at the numbers. So it wasn't that it was t- – and what when you keep hearing about Russia disinformation and misinformation and the, how they tried to sway the, uh, the, the election, what they don't tell you is how minuscule the effort was. You know, a few thousand dollars on Facebook ads. It was, it was nothing. It was nothing. And certainly no cooperation with the Trump campaign. Does that, does that make sense? It does make sense. And, of course, it gave Zuckerberg all the, uh, you know, the fuel he needed to just go forward and do what he did. Exactly. But I am, uh, you know, I'm appalled at the FBI, though. The FBI is walking around, right, knocking on Facebook's front door. It was all talk about collusion. But what the hell is the FBI doing this stuff for, right? The FBI. So they're a political arm of Democrats. And they were working against Trump just like they did in 2016, just like they did throughout the administration in 2020 and right now, right now. But again, we got to be careful because inflation, gas, crime, no border. These are the things that are important and should be (laughs) sending Democrats, uh, kicking Democrats out of the Congress in the midterms. I don't know if it's going to work anymore. I don't know because they're so fired up about uh, late-term abortions. Thanks, Sharon. Good point. Good question. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, in a little bit, it's uh, it's kind of sad, but there's hope. There's hope for Ashley Biden, the daughter of Joe. Uh, we now know her diary, which I read and did not disclose back in 2020. It's legitimate. It's the authentic. It's hers. They're sending people to jail. The Biden Justice Department. This is right out of J. Edgar Hoover's FBI Unbelievable what is inside that diary, what it says about Joe Biden. But there is hope for Ashley Biden, who is clearly a troubled woman. I'm sorry, Ashley. I didn't want to read this thing. I wouldn't have talked about it unless your father acknowledged it. All right. Sicked the FBI on the poor souls who found it when you left it in that house in Florida. It's uh, it's pretty incredible. Hey, real quick, though. Uh, you got to know this. I am proudly supporting and will be out at the Tunnel to Towers 5K Walk Run NYC this year. We're going to I don't know if I'm going to run or walk through the tunnel. I ran last year, September 25th. It's uh, a Sunday. Come on out and do it. We're going to kind of commemorate what Stephen Siller did uh, running the firefighter. You know, he grabbed all of his gear and when the towers were burning, he ran through that tunnel to respond. He was killed as those towers came down. Um, but it's very simple to support this effort. What they do is raise money for um, the families of uh, the fallen and uh, veterans who have been severely disabled, and they buy them smart houses, these incredible domiciles, if you will, where you know you can just say, computer, open the refrigerator, and it does it. It's really, really cool, state-of-the-art stuff. Uh, if you want to support my team... And we're all doing it here at WABC. It doesn't matter what team you support. Just support if you can. Or just go to T2T.org and sign up to give 11 bucks a month. Hey, it's raining outside really bad. It's a sun shower. Woo. I love it. I love it. Oh, I'm happy. It's raining and it's a Friday. I actually love rain on a Friday for some reason. Uh, okay, what do you do? Go to GregKellyShow.com. Actually, no, sorry. Go back. Walk.GregKellyShow.com. Walk. GregKellyShow.com, or you can just go to T2T.org. It doesn't really matter. Just support it, okay? And if you want, you can go and run and walk with me. I will be there. No freaks, okay? You know what I mean by that? You can wear – I'm not talking about your – 
I just don't want to debate anybody that day. Every now and then somebody comes and says, Greg, I want to straighten you out about all the stuff that you think and you are. I don't want to have that conversation on a Sunday, all right? I don't care what you dress. I don't care what's sticking out of your head, your nose, your crotch, whatever you got. Uh, but just do me a favor and let's not debate. There was one fellow who came a couple of years ago just wanted to straighten me out about something, and I had to listen to him through the entire tunnel walk, being a nice guy. And uh, anyway, uh, it's a great event. I still had fun, and even that guy was okay in the end, but just don't debate me this time. All right, uh, Valeria in Florida, uh, how are you? Hi, Greg. I know you are friends with President Trump, and you can talk to him on the phone. And I'm an attorney, and I've worked on DOJ cases, and I've been following this Mar-a-Lago raid very closely, and I have been listening to the constitutional scholars, especially Jay Sekulow, and he shares my opinion that his attorneys are not acting in a more they, – they need to act in a more zealous fashion. We use the word zealous in the legal world. We, we talk about zealous advocacy. It seems as though they don't have the experience that someone like Jay Sekulow or Alan Dershowitz has. And this case is dragging out too, too long. They should have been some offensive things that were done by uh, uh, offense. I'm not talking about offensive like vulgar. They should have gone on the offense a lot quicker and a lot stronger. Okay, well, Jay Sekulow knows the president as well. I don't know if it's sour grapes on his part that he hasn't been retained. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting point. I looked at the, uh, whatever you call it, the rejoinder, the, uh, the, the the lawsuit. Trump sued the FBI and the Justice Department saying, give back the documents, stop reviewing them, appoint a special master. And I read that thing, and I tell you, it's pretty aggressive. It's uh, it's zealous. I was impressed. Whatever lawyer put that together, and I have it somewhere, the name's right on it. It wasn't, It this was good. I, I was impressed. Now I know they're making a big deal out of they didn't follow the proper format or whatever. Um, maybe he needs a new attorney. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. He's been through a lot of attorneys. He knows that world better than anybody. And uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'll see when I talk to him next. I don't know when that'll be. Well, do you know Jay Seculo? Do you know him? No, I don't know him, and I don't know Alan, but I do know a great, a great constitutional, you know, expert attorney when I see one, especially because I'm an attorney. Hey, you know who's All good? That guy, for- Shone. Shone. He was a, he was there during the um, impeachment defense. He was fantastic. He's representing Steve Bannon right now. He knows who these people are. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who his main counsel is right now. I don't know. I mean, Trump is calling the shots. We know that. I do worry a little bit that he doesn't have a deep bench as far as staff goes. But Valeria, I'll uh, I'll try to I'll I'll try to broach the topic if he's satisfied with his legal team when we talk again. Okay. May I say one more thing? Sure. Just tell him to ask for a second opinion, and ha- tell him tell him to call Jay, call Alan. It if it's money. Okay, okay. Well, you know, you know, you know, he's always picking up the phone talking to everybody. I mean, he talks to a lot of people. This is not a guy who's just sitting around talking to one lawyer. That much I know. I guarantee you that's not happening. The second opinion, third opinion, fourth opinion, he bounces things off of everybody. I just don't know if this isn't being handled. I Look, 
Valeria, did you read that lawsuit? Valeria, no, did, did, okay, do I, me a favor, yeah. read it, read it, because it's one hell of a document. I don't know if Jay Sekulow uh, read it. He should, too, because I think this will impress you. I'll be back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, so when it comes to a um, someone's diary, I think the best plan with a diary is to do what Davy Jones did. No, it wasn't Davy Jones. It was Desi Arnaz Jr. in the Brady Bunch. Desi Arnaz Jr., Ah, remember, uh, somehow Desi Arnaz Jr., uh, for some weird reason, found Marsha Brady's diary in a thrift shop and returned it. Uh, It was intimated that he read the good parts, and he returns it to Marsha Brady. I do think that was very, well, yeah, he read about it, but he didn't brag about it. I think that's the gentlemanly thing to do, and I do think when it... Look, we are a pretty crass society in so many ways. But when it comes to somebody's diary, and if you find it, I think the thing to do is to return it. All right. So in a way, I found Ashley Biden's diary in the fall of 2020. I did. Now, I didn't personally find it physically. I found it online. It was posted on some website called The National File. And there were all kinds of juicy tidbits in there. And I had a hard time imagining that this thing was fake. It really seemed legitimate to me, like, you know, it was really from her. I acknowledged its existence on television, but I didn't go through the details. And I said, the gentlemanly thing to do, whoever possesses this diary, is to return it to uh, Ashley Biden. Now, I would have left it at that. Unfortunately, Joe Biden got involved. Joe Biden. Joe Biden. And you mess with the, what was it? He gives you his word. His word is a Biden. And he's a Mr. Tough Guy. Tough Guy, Tough Guy, Tough Guy. So he gets involved. How does he do that? He sicks the FBI on this situation. Some troubled woman loses her diary, and Joe Biden makes a federal case out of it. He did. He did. Joe Biden personally. All right? This diary became a federal case. And two people might be going to jail now. They just pleaded guilty. Is this insane or what? What the hell kind of country is this? What the hell kind of country is this? You mess with the... Who's the daughter of a president? A citizen. A person. Quite frankly, in our system, nothing special. No special treatment. Nothing. Nothing. And if they lose their diary in a drunken haze, if they leave it behind in some rehab house and they forget about it and somebody else finds it, too bad. I wish that that person returned it to Ashley Biden, but they didn't. It was a political year. Ashley Biden rather stupidly put some thoughts in this thing that could be, well, actually are political dynamite. They went to the Trump campaign and said, uh, wow, look at this stuff. Are you interested? And they said, turn it into the FBI. We're not touching that stuff. Good for them. Then they went to Project Veritas, I believe. Project Veritas, I think, said maybe. I don't know. Let's think about it. You got anything else there? I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Project Veritas, in the end, never actually published the damn thing. But something called National File did. Anyway, two people are going to jail. Two people are going to jail. Can you believe this? I still can't believe it. Two people are going to jail because Ashley Biden lost her diary. 
Ashley Biden loses her diary. People go to jail. All right. Let's see here. Let's go to try something from the fake news. So CNN. Two people who sold Ashley Biden's journal and other items to Project Veritas pleaded guilty in Manhattan federal court on Thursday. Amy Harris and Robert Kurlander. Hey, talk about people who need new lawyers, huh? Pleaded guilty to stealing Biden's belongings and selling them to the conservative media group for $40,000, according to court documents. In September of 2020, Harris moved into a Delray Beach home where the daughter of now President Joe Biden had recently lived and temporarily stored some personal belongings. Harris solicited Curlander's help to sell Biden's valuables to the highest bidder, according to the criminal information. According to the documents filed Thursday, Curlander texted Harris after the event saying Trump campaign campaign can't use it. They want it to go to the FBI. There is no way Trump can use this. It has to be done a different way. Days later, they sent photos of some of Biden's belongings to Project Veritas. The organization paid for airfare, hotel, and car service for the pair to be transported uh, to the property from Florida to New York City. According to the court documents, Kurlander acknowledged the crime in a text to Harris saying that Project Veritas is in a sketchy business, the court documents show. How is Project Veritas in a sketchy business? Uh, just like John Stossel and any of your other investigative reporter, they do a lot of undercover stuff. Uh, by that, uh, undercover work? Sketchy? Is the FBI sketchy? Is the New York Times sketchy? Is that shame on you guy sketchy? Let me, I, 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 I don't know. I don't think so. Isn't the pursuit of justice and truth Okay. They are in a sketchy business, and uh, here they are taking what's literally a stolen diary, diary and info and trying to make it a story that will ruin Ashley Biden's life and try to affect the election. Ashley Biden can easily be thinking all her stuff is there and not concerned about it. We have to thread even more carefully, and that stuff needs to be gone through by us. And if anything worthwhile, it needs to be turned over and must be out of that house, the text message said. Harris took more of Biden's belongings. I don't get it. She left a bunch of stuff in a house that she vacated. Was it under lock and key? Did it say, this is Ashley's stuff, don't move it, don't take it? What's the, what's the value of a diary? What is the value of a diary, of a notebook? What's the cost of a notebook? What's the cost of one of those marble notebooks? $3? $2? That's the, that's the theft that the FBI cares about? That's the theft? This is a federal case? Two people found it. I don't buy that they stole it. I think they found it. But let's pretend they stole a marble notebook worth $2. Is that... Has anybody seen Macy's in the summer of 2020? Has anybody seen the uh, 6th Precinct in Minneapolis? Or 400 police vehicles of the NYPD in the summer of 2020? (laughs) <laughs> and the FBI is pursuing a $2 notebook. Harrison Curlander pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy to commit. Oh, here we go. Talk about a federal case. You know, nobody ever says that. Why do you have to make a federal case out of this? Remember, that used to be a thing. It used to be a bad thing, making a federal case out of something, right? Making a mountain out of a molehill. Well, here we go. The proverbial federal case, mountain out of a molehill, pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy to commit, get this, Interstate transportation of stolen property, 
which carries a maximum sentence of five years in prison. What if this stolen property is a $2 notebook? A judge will ultimately decide their sentence. They are not being held pending their sentencing later this year. Harris accepted responsibility for what happened, and she's looking forward to moving on with her life. It's a diary with hot stuff in it. I th- I know that Joe Biden directed this. And, and, Joe, since you made a federal case out of it, I am now going to read from the diary, which you authenticated back in 2020. I had some measure of concern, some, not much, but some, about whether or not it was authentic. But now, thanks to you and the FBI and U.S. attorneys, I know it's real. So that brings us back to you, Joe, because you're in this diary. Oh, yeah, you are, buddy. Did you know this? It's possible he doesn't, actually. Believe it or not, sometimes you are the last to know. So Ashley Biden is a clearly troubled person. She's suffering from numerous addictions. Uh, Alcohol addiction, drug addiction, and it looks like sex addiction. And she writes, she's wondering what the hell's going on. What's going on with me? And she wants to know why this is happening to her. And in her writing, she writes, I was hypersexualized at a young age. What does this do to? Was I molested? I think so. I can't remember specifics, but I do remember trauma. I remember not liking the Woolzak's house. I don't know who that is. I remember somewhat being sexualized with Caroline. I remember having sex with friends at a young age. Uh, I remember showers with my dad, probably not appropriate, being turned on when I wasn't supposed to. I remember the, okay, now I'm not going to continue anymore. It gets very, you know, it gets, it gets very, it's graphic. She's talking about having showers with her father. Now, is this my business? I guess it is now. It's the people's business, right? The FBI got involved. You guys publicize this, not me. What else is in here? Hmm? What else since Joe Biden confirmed it? I actually do have a lot of sympathy and compassion for Ashley Biden. I wish this didn't happen to her. I wish she didn't have all these problems, but and I hope she's cured of them. However, in the likely event that she's not, I'm going to have some advice in a moment because this is the most important and possibly the saddest thing in the diary. And by the way, I've suffered from an addiction or two myself. So I'm not holier than thou. I am not uh, judging Ashley Biden. I'm saying, Ashley Biden, I've been there. And here's the problem, though. Here's the essence of your problem, if you don't mind me saying. It's on the last page of of the diary, and you write the following. You will have all you desire. Trust the process. Trust yourself and your ability to manifest all your dreams. You got this, Ashley Blazer Biden. And she underlines her first, middle, and last name, Ashley Blazer Biden. I'm here to say, Ashley Blazer Biden, you don't got this, all right? Um, Do not trust yourself. Do not trust your ability. Do not trust your ability to manifest all your dreams. You don't have this. You will not have all you desire. You don't even know what you... Here's the key. Here's the good part, though, Ashley. We don't have to do a damn thing, all right? 
you know, I hear you're a Christian family. At least Joe Biden's always bragging about how well he knows the Pope. Now, here's the thing with Christianity. Unfortunately, sadly, it's been it's been they try to cancel it. They try to make it look terrible. They laugh at it. They mock it. They disparage it. Sometimes so-called Christians themselves are leading the charge, right? Saying that it's dirty, that it's unhealthy, that it's wrong, that it's warped, that it's anti-this, it's anti-that. It's the greatest gift. It's the greatest, beautiful, most incredible thing ever, all right? The gift from God, Jesus, all of it. It's the, it's real. It's not a joke. They they are deliberately concealing it and trying to keep it from you. And the answer to all of your problems all not you you don't have to you have to you have to get you have to get close to god and you can do it through jesus and the way to do it really is that bible that beautiful book start reading no more writing read read and everything will start changing and i have a feeling you might have been a little bit like me you know you kind of went to church but you kind of didn't for a long time you know and you open the book from time to time you don't know what the hell is going on in there Maybe you needed a coach like I did, Dr. Charles Stanley, the Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible. It spells it all out. I mean, it helps It helps decode some of the mysterious language, and then the language suddenly doesn't seem that much that, that mysterious. So uh, all these things that you're suffering from, I've suffered from some of them myself. <laughs> That's the answer. It really is. So uh, good luck to you. I wonder if she'll ever—you never know. You never know currents of life and how that might may or may not reach her um i i feel bad it's not my business but the federal government and joe biden kind of made it all of our business i hope she gets better all right give me a moment i'll be right back greg kelly on the red apple podcast network well as thelma said to ralph and the honeymooners actually she said to norton norton correction norton what do you want? <laughs> what do you want, Greg, in Princeton, New Jersey? Hi, Greg. Hey, Greg. How are you doing? Thanks for the call, uh, taking the call. Uh, just to go back to what you were talking about earlier uh, when uh, Biden was given a presser, I guess it was, of some sort, and uh, he began to point to uh, the press for questions but was quickly cut off by a staffer. Um, I, I don't know if you saw it, uh, the 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 video of him when he signed the uh, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, and he had you know uh, he had uh, uh, everybody over his shoulder watching as if it was a you know the last piece of candy being uh, doled out. Uh, the look on his face when he finished signing that act, it, it was amazing. He, he just the way he looked up both shoulders, he looked up as if to say, "Did I did I do good? Was this what I was supposed to do?" I don't know if you saw that or if you caught that. Uh, I did not notice what you noticed. I noticed what you said first, everybody over him and that kind of thing. And I remember saying, did he take questions? And I heard no, and I kind of lost interest right away. I didn't study it the way you did. I'm going to look at it. I'll look at it right now. I'm going to find it. It's funny that you should mention that, though, because the look in his face, the thing that you talked about today when the press told him to, uh, I'm sorry, when his minders, his his staff told him no questions, he had that look in his face kind of like a baby. And, you know, let's face it, that's kind of happens when we get old. It's probably going to happen to you and me. I mean, hopefully, if we get old enough, I want to live. I I, I want to live to be 100, 110. I, I want to live as long as possible. I imagine that's going to that's gonna happen to me someday. 
but it's obviously happening to him, and it's really sad, and he has no business being president. I'll look at that. I know what you mean. I've seen the look before, but I didn't notice it then. Uh, I'm sure it's there. Hey, Greg, what's Princeton like? I'm sorry. It's actually an opposite but equal look. You you had those if he took away his friends or his friends left him. This is this. This is as if he just, you know, made his friends super happy. It's a, a totally... All right, I will look. check it out. I will check it out. Tell me a little bit about Princeton. Uh, what's it like? Oh, oh my goodness. Well, I'm actually working right now, and i got to tell you, uh, it's freshman move-in day today, so it's a disaster up here in the center of Princeton. Wait, are you with... Um, what, do you work with the college? I No, I actually work for the town. I actually work for the town of Princeton. I, uh... I do a little parking enforcement out here. I'm a I'm a very popular guy out here. <laughs> are those are those students? Uh, are they bratty or are they you know all kinds? What are they like? Uh, you know what they, they they're they're not bad. They're really not. Um, I don't get into a lot of conversations with them, uh, but for the most part, they're very uh, very kind. They're for the most, nice. Uh, you know, it's it is what it is. They're they're just in there. You know, slowly becoming. Uh, you know. Adults, hopefully. Oh, brainwashed, right, right, right. That's uh, the Ivy League for you. All right, Greg, thank you very much. Uh, Good to talk. Uh, Hey, it's Friday, so let's take a few more phone calls. Uh, Gail is in Staten Island. Hi, Gail. Good afternoon, Greg. You know, listening to this cover-up, remember in September of, uh, I think last September, I was watching these young women, the U.S. gymnasts, Olympic gymnasts, go before uh, one of these committees that they hold saying how they had gone to the FBI and were ignored. And then that allowed that creep pedophile uh, doctor, if we could call him that, Larry Nassar, who went on to keep abusing. So I remember the question went out to Christopher Ray. How does something like this happen? He said, I have no answer. So let me, when you represent the losing team, don't you usually get fired? He's still giving the same stupid answers. Last week he had to go to a uh, he had to get on a plane to go somewhere during a hearing. That was contempt of Congress. That guy should be arrested for that. What Gail, you're talking the, the director of the FBI who works for us, works for the people. The, the, he blew off Congress saying I got to go catch a plane. Strongly hinting that it was like Delta and he had a 430 flight. It was the FBI jet to take him on vacation. That guy is an absolute disgrace, bureaucrat, swamp, phony. And I keep hearing, well, Trump appointed him. You know, the entire swamp is against him. And this is what they gave him a menu of names to pick from. The only the only deficiency he had and it's the deficiency you want, is that he did not have experience in the swamp and he did know who to trust. I think he'll do a much better next time. Anyway, one more thing, Gail. What else? Nothing. I, I, I like listening to you. I like the people that call in. Some of them are so, they're amazing and they're just everyday people. It's really nice. So, you know, Greg, you reap what you sow. Isn't that what they say in the Bible? Sure. So it's not only you out there. It's you have some good listeners, and I hope they all go out and vote. Well, I love it. It's funny you say that about regular people because I noticed that a long time ago uh, on the Good Day Show, which I love, by the way. But they were always saying, "Oh, we got to get this celebrity. We got to get that politician. We got to get this celebrity. We got to get that politician." I'm like, these people stink. I mean, they're always trying to sell something. You know, buy my book. 
Don't ask me about this. I only want to talk about that. And normal people are far more open who aren't trying to sell you something. And I always had a dream of making a show. And actually, I did make a show like that. You know, I, I just interviewed people that I liked or found interesting. And that could be anybody from the guy who sells hot dogs to a dentist to a truck driver to a golf caddy to a brain surgeon. You know, people who – and they didn't want anything uh, from me or from the – they just uh, – anyway, people. I love people, Gail. Thank you so much for your support. Let's do another one. Dave in the uh, – oh, Atlantic City. Hi, Dave. What's going on, Greg? Not much. What's up? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I want to talk about, you know, like, you know, Biden, like, in the student loan gig. Like, my son just finished paying his off. You know, he just graduated, what, four or five years ago? I paid it on four or five years. Wait, what? Who? You know? Who? Who graduated four or five years? Your son? Yeah. Yeah. Take it out. If you take it for the government, you got to pay seven and a half percent. So we took a home equity loan. You got it for three percent. You know what I mean? And he paid it off already. You sound a little bit like the Jerky Boys. You like those guys? Nah, not really. Duh, come on. You don't like Johnny Brennan and the gang? All right, do me a favor, Dave. Stick around. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, by the way, how much is that uh, package going to cost? That that giveaway, three hundred billion something, maybe three hundred, maybe five hundred, maybe a trillion dollars. Those uh, that loan forgiveness package. Uh, that uh, Biden is cramming down our throats. Talk about anti-democratic, huh? Talk about a threat to democracy. Who the hell signed off on that? Uh, nobody. He just did it. But how much is it actually going to cost? All right. That was the specific question to Corrine Jean-Pierre, uh, the press secretary. Listen to this gibberish. All right. That's the question. Uh Who's going to pay for this? Where's the money going to come from? Cut 25. The way that, the way that we are talking about it and what we're trying to say is we, the, the actions that we have taken, and you see this uh, with uh, the way that the deficit has been reduced, uh, we have taken uh, just uh, the last 19 months. And I see that look that you're giving me there. Well, Matt. I, I, I well, hear the but, argument but, that you've taken previous fiscally responsible right, actions that right, believe you, well, you give you more wiggle well, room to be... Right. It gives us no, 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 no. We, I mean, we see this. We do not see this as irresponsible. No, 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 no. She's been hanging around with Kamala Harris way too long. Uh, This is socialism. This is literally socialism. Free education. Free education. I was in the Soviet Union once, not Russia, but the Soviet Union. Well, the Russia kind of, but. I'm talking about the old communist Soviet Union. I was there in February of 1985. I actually got a tour of Moscow State University. Uh, and uh, no tuition, no tuition. Also, no creativity, no free thinking. It was a horrible, horrible place. Russia is horrible, but in a different way now. Uh, although then again, you know, I'm sorry. Well, I don't want to get into Ukraine, but it's funny how Ukraine is not an issue anymore, right? There's still a war going on over there, kind of. Does anybody seem to care? No, we just lost interest. And that, I actually, I know, forgive me, I didn't have that much interest to begin with, all right? I pointed it out. People were uh, uh, horrified. But big countries have been invading little countries since the history of countries, all right? It just happens. 
It just ha- I wish it didn't. There's always been war. There always will be war. And in a weird way, I could kind of understand a big country wanting to go into a little country that used to be part of the big country not too long ago. I guess I can get my hands around that. I can understand that. I can't get my hands around going 8,000 miles around the world like we did in 1990. No, I'm sorry, in 2002 and 2003 to invade the wrong country. We did. No weapons of mass destruction. None. Well, what about the mustard gas? Shut up. All right, that's not why we went there. We went there for an active weapons of mass destruction program, which there was not. All right, Jim in uh, Jim in Manhattan. Hi. Yeah, Greg. Hi. Hi. Greg? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I have a question. I don't know if it's a rhetorical question or not, but a question I'd like to wish we could answer. How sure do you think it is that the unredacted unredacted version? I I messed up the word. That version, the uncensored version, uh, was sent back to the January 6th committee. Hmm, that's a good question. Um, uh, I would say with a great deal of certainty that they've seen it, that they know about it, that yeah. this was coordinated. Probably. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now, uh, Liz Cheney will probably be able to say she didn't see it. Because she's been briefed on it, okay? Or she talked to Merrick Garland over the phone. Which, oh, by the way, would not be illegal. I mean, the whole damn thing is corrupt, don't get me wrong. But uh, why do you bring that point up? It's a good one, but what what, what are you getting at? Because uh, I think it's all connected, you know? And it's a question I wish somebody could answer. I, I guess it won't be answered, you know, for us. For I don't think you, so. But... Look, here's the deal. I don't think it's uh, this whole idea that there was a fishing expedition to get something on January 6th. It was a stunt, and it worked to get us talking about silly things instead of crime, inflation, gas prices, border, Afghanistan, critical race theory, the woke crap, all right? All the stuff that's destroying this country. We're back to having the hideous conversation that dominated the airways from 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, you know. The Russia thing, the Ukraine phone call, uh, the January 6th stuff. It's more of the same. They needed something because their agenda is horrible and their record is atrocious. And if this is a mandate on Joe Biden and Democrats, they lose, obviously. Does that make sense, Jim? Nothing makes sense anymore. Uh, Jim, all right, except me. Come on, all right. All right, don't get worked up about it. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I hope it's going to be all right. All right, final word. I didn't mean to cut you off. What, Jim? Survive. Huh? If Trump is going to survive this. Is Trump going to survive this? Yeah, all this. One thing after another. If anybody can One survive it, it's him. Another, if anybody... Throwing, if, throwing if, the all right, thanks, Jim. Out. I know, I know. But look, he's always, sta- he always, he's always standing up at the end. He's always... He's going to make it. He's going to make it. And I think he will be restored, and this will be glorious. I really do. It looks rough right now, and it is... But hang in there, and we gotta, we gotta, we gotta support him. All right, they're coming after him. It's unfair. It's illegal. Uh, Rich is standing by. He's in Long Island. Where on Long Island are you? I'm on Sinai, Greg. How do you do? What's That's up? Right. It's right next to Port Chap. Uh, the reason I called, is I think you'd really enjoy what I'm going to tell you. Uh, my wife passed away uh, about two and a half years ago. I was married for 54 years, and the first. During the first year of her death, uh, when I would get up in the morning, on two occasions, there were lights on in the rooms that I couldn't understand why. 
On another occasion, I had a uh, picture of my granddaughter on the mantle, and it was laying face down. So I always started wondering if this was like uh, a religious experience. But the most amazing thing was in the second year, I get up to go to the men's room like early in the morning. I come back to uh, the bed, and I always took my cell phone out of the case and left it on the nightstand. Sat down on the bed, and all of a sudden, there was a glow. I looked over at the phone. It was a picture of a crucifix. Wow. I, w- I said, my wife's spirit has to be here. Or the big guys sent me the crucif- picture of the crucifix. Jesus wasn't on the crucifix, but the, cru- the crucifix was there. It had little etchings in it. I thought it was uh, quite amazing. And it was on, uh, wait, it was on your phone? Yes. On, and, I have a flip phone, so it was on the flip phone. Uh, I wish I would have had a camera or something to take a picture of it, but I didn't. And it was just, up the, what, it was there digitally? It was there, what was it, a picture? What was it? That, it was, you know, like when your phone lights up to get a text message or a phone call. Yeah. Like if you can say whatever. Uh, the phone did didn't uh, ring or anything like that. It just lit up, and picture of the crucifix was there. That's pretty. You know, you're, very, you're very religious, so I well, figured you enjoy this. I love it. I, let me ask you something. How did that change you? What did you make of it? What's the message? What did you do with that? Well, my wife and I used to go to church all the time. We were not crazy religious, but we were religious. And then uh, my father passed away at a very early, early age, and I kind of. I don't know, you know, I, I wasn't so religious anymore. Uh, we should still go to church and stuff like that. But my wife was very sick at the uh, last 10 years of her life and stuff like that. But uh, when when I saw the phone light up and it was a crucifix, I said, I said, this is amazing. I, you know, if my wife's spirit is in that house. And now, so I go back to church and I go to church every week and stuff like that. Well, that's uh, very, very beautiful, and um, thank you for sharing. And does it make you think? Look, once you know, <laughs> once you know God is real, once you know that, once you know Jesus is real, it's kind of you really, at least for me, you don't want to disappoint him. You don't do it out of okay, I got to do this because I have to. You do it because you want to. You do it because, and I still stumble, but I tell you what, I stumble a hell of a lot less than I used to, and I, um, I don't know. It's uh, it's an amazing, it's amazing that he's a, he the, the, he was in touch with you like that, and you're, thank you, thank you, Rich, thank you very much. Keep reading the if you don't read the Bible, religious, you know. I go to church sometimes, and I do, but I I go to church, but the Bible. And then you start yeah. seeing things all over. The Charles Stanley life is one that works for me, as I've mentioned. Where do you live again, Mount Sinai? Yeah, it's right What was your wife's name? Lorraine. Lorraine. Beautiful. Yeah, uh, so I look forward to going to church now. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, thank you. Hey, uh, Kevin, why'd you just do that? Why'd you just pick well, up your hands like that? 
Uh, just because we had a minor disconnect with Mr. Mayor for the upcoming show. Just oh, making sure all right. Connected. Very good. I thought there was some sort of miracle that happened over there. All right. They were celebrating. Rich, thank you, pal. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I got to go to Stan in uh, Connecticut. I, uh, Rich, I, I talk all day. Uh, Stan, what's I could talk all day to Rich. Beautiful stuff. Hey, you know, Rush Limbaugh used to do this on Fridays. More phone calls on Fridays than ordinary days. Stan, what's up? Hey, Greg. A um, couple things on the Bible. You ought to open up uh, Job 20. That'll explain a lot what's going on with the uh, elitists in this country. That'll make a lot of sense if you read that chapter, chapter 20. And if your spirits are down, read Psalms 27. That'll lift you up. Those are two good ones. Job 20 and Psalms 27? That'll open your eyes to a lot of things. You know the truth now, which is good. All right, tell me more. What else? Well, that's it for the Bible. I don't want to get too much religious with this. But you got something else on your mind. Um. Is the government all these people, do you think that they're being blackmailed by a lot of different – they're afraid to say something. You know, they believe one thing, but they can't go against it because they have either, you know, pictures or things on these people. They're holding them to the fire. You know, they, 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 they have no choice in what they're doing. Uh, yes, I do believe that. I do believe that that may apply to uh, Joe Biden to some degree. I think he's very – he's venile to begin with, venile, uh, venile, venial. You know, susceptible to bribery. I do see that all over the guy, according to his own mouth. He said that over the years. But, you know, look, if I've heard Poroshenko's, the phone call between Poroshenko and Joe Biden, (laughs) I think Joe Biden's aware of that. That is dynamite. That's blackmail right there. Um, I know about Hunter Biden's shenanigans in China and that trip over there and the weird stuff. I mean, the, listen to Tony Bobolinsky. I mean, if we know it, I think that Susan Rice knows it. I think that Barack Obama knows it. And I think he can control Joe Biden that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. However, you see that pictures, pictures of the worst behavior imaginable somehow doesn't really stop people. Hunter Biden is still getting on Air Force One and uh, living the life. But yes, I do think that these people are compromised and they are being controlled. Very, very much so. Some of them, some of them, and some of them are going. They don't need. They don't need any coercion. They. This is stuff they believe in, and they're going along with it. Know what I mean? All right. Let's. Uh, uh, one more. Ed in Babylon. Hello, Ed. God bless you, Greg. Gregors, R. 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 Kelly. Um, I'll tell you <clears throat> a couple points. That diary, right? And I'll give you a Dale Carnegie at the end of this because you're my Dale Carnegie pal. You remember me. That Bible, uh, that the diary that she wrote um, and what happened to her and her addictions are to cover up all her pain. And that's a microchasm of what Joe is doing to our entire country right now. He's screwing our country, my pal. He really is. This is what he did to his entire family, and that's all he knows. It really is. What do you think about that small thing that happened in, within his nuclear family? And what he's doing to us right now. What do you think, Greg? I want to hear you. <laughs> well, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, he's just screwed his family. Look, he's a flawed guy. Family business, I hate to say it's, uh, you know, it's, I, I don't want to get involved, but he made us get involved. It's right there. Uh, drug addicted son, addicted daughter. This happens to families. It does. Look, look at Ronald Reagan, all right? Look at Ron Reagan Jr. and Patty. They had issues. They had issues. I don't necessarily, things happen. Things happen. Things happen. I don't know if I can blame that on Joe. I'm not going to. I I, I, I feel bad for I feel bad for them.
I, I guess, Ed, I'm not giving you what you want necessarily here, but uh, I do feel compassion for Ashley Biden, Biden and even to a certain degree for Hunter. And uh, somebody called some wise guy from Rhode Island thinking that uh, I only show generosity and um, compassion for people I agree with or work with or, you know, my boss hired. That's not true. You know, even Joe Biden is lost and corrupt as he is. He can be saved. He can be saved. And Hunter and Ashley and all of them, they really can be. I hope they are. I hope they are. But th- that doesn't absolve them from their responsibilities to the uh, to the to the criminal justice system. Ed, I hope uh, I hope that made sense. Uh, hey, tell us yeah. real quick. Uh, when's the last time you took Dale Carnegie? Uh, I taught it. Uh, it was in the eighties into the nineties, and uh, I saw hundreds of people that would change their lives for the better. And it was the most beautiful venue that I saw being able to help people. You know, you could go to church, and I've had uh, girlfriends and stuff and seen church, and sometimes I got out in the parking lot, and the people in church almost ran you over, and I always said, church wears off pretty quick. So you got to take, like you said, Jesus and God in your soul. I've had some incredible religious experiences I only share with a couple of people. I've flown a jet, a uh, Czechoslovakian uh, MiG trainer, Every time I see True Lies and the Harry, I think of you, and I think they should have one at Republic Airport at the Airborne Museum. I really do. I love it. I'd love to check that out. You're like the uh, the international man of mystery. I love it. The most fascinating man alive. Right after me, of course. Ed, thanks for the call. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. My message to the women out there is uh, please do not get your lips enlarged. I think there's way too much of that going on, especially younger women. What is up? I uh, I can tell it's fake. I can tell it's it doesn't fit your face. And it's like the most popular thing. Get your lips injected with gelatin or goop or whatever the hell's in there. It's a Kim Kardashian export. You know, she made this popular. Boy, oh boy, they've done such damage to women and girls all across the country. I wish they'd just retire and go away. Um, Instagram, I wish that thing would delete, be deleted. I, I'm I'm wasting a hell of a lot of time on Instagram. Not that I post, but I'm looking at little video clips. It's like they went around, they took every kind of cool experience, and they took the eight seconds of the coolest moments and put it together and you can just scroll, 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 scroll. And you can enjoy this stuff without any of the trouble, you know, to learn how to skydive. That's a great big pain in the neck. But if I can just look at the coolest eight seconds of it, I think it'll just keep me on the couch, not skydiving, which is probably a good thing. Nobody should be skydiving other than the Navy SEALs. Really don't skydive. Sorry, skydivers, but I don't think it's a safe thing to do. And I don't think it's, there's certainly no practical reason to skydive if you're a if you're a civilian, okay? Hey, Hillary Clinton and Chelsea Clinton, <laughs> gosh, the opportunities just the opportunities and money keep just go, coming their way. These fairly ordinary people when you get right down to it. Listen to this, Cut 30, a new show they have on Apple TV. Okay, here we go. hitting the road to shine a light on women who inspire us to be bolder and braver. Leadership doesn't look one way. It's a giant rainbow. You're not gonna break me down. You'll get worn out before I do. Women who push us outside our comfort zone. You got this. And make us laugh. I'm in deep Georgia and they might have never met a Muslim. Or they don't know they have. Or they don't know they have because we walk among you. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. 
And, of course, the joke is, you know, people in Georgia are just a bunch of hicks, right? Yeah, shut up. Silly, silly. This is up with women. Men are totally ignored. Uh, you're only special if you're ultra-famous and rich and or a person of color. Cut. Next, give me the next cut. Cut 31. Your survival is your power. Someone say to me, you're not good enough because you have melanin. How dare you? I have a master's in whites. I just want whites to get a GED in blacks. <laughs> All right. It's any show on Apple, so you got to put down white people. I'd like to ask that one woman, uh, she said, uh, you don't. You have too much melanin in your skin, somebody said to her, and she said, how dare you? That never happened. That That never happened. And let's see, the black lady has a master's in whites, all right? She understands us, us white people, and we're silly, speaking for me, and uh, I don't see uh, that white person, And um, but I need to get a GED in, in black people. Ha, 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 that sounds kind of racist to me. Next, finally. I'm Speak truth to power. When I throw rocks, I'm throwing them up. We're going to go buy the house where we got married. This is where it all started. And the rest and of history. <laughs> Cheers. By putting down the bad things and lifting up the good things, <laughs> we bring balance to the world. You literally become one with yourself. Wow. You literally become... Thank you. Wow. The show is called Gutsy. It's on Apple TV, and it will be canceled. How many episodes can they pull that off for? They gave them the most famous people in the world, uh, Kim Kardashian, uh, Amy Schumer, a couple of others, and uh, it stinks. You can just tell. How's that for a takeaway, huh? We'll put down the bad things and lift up the good things and be in touch with ourselves. Can't go wrong with that advice, huh? All right. I'm almost done. Uh, real. Oh, Marianne's on the phone from Philadelphia. Hi, Marianne. Hi, Greg. I was just wondering, you did mention uh, you met uh, Charles Stanley in person. Yes. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm just wondering how you felt, because when I was a child, I was attracted to uh, Billy Graham. We used to watch him every Sunday after church at my, at my uncle's house. And towards the end of the show, I used to go up and touch the TV where he was standing, and I'd stand there and cry. Because I wanted, my mother used to say, oh, Marianne, why are you crying? I says, I want to touch Billy Graham. You know, I wanted to go up and go up, you know. He invited everybody up, and I wanted to go up. I want to meet Billy Graham. And it must be, it's like when you meet a man that's actually anointed by God, his eyes, when you look in his eyes, it's like he has a, there's a flashlight behind his eyes, and the lights of his eyes actually shine like a white light, and you can see it. Did you see that? Well, he was very, very special, and I was in the presence of a of a great man touched by God. Yes, he was—this uh, was back in March in Atlanta, and uh, I was—you know, I got to tell you, though, I was a bit nervous. I really was, and I had some questions, and you want to make a good impression, so I— um, I don't, you know, I just, I hope I did. I, I, I was a little bit self-conscious meeting your hero. You know what I mean, Marianne? Meeting your heroes? Yeah. Yes, I do. But yes. he was fantastic, really fantastic, and uh, I'm so, I'm so glad. I'm so blessed. 
but most of all, uh, the, the his contributions, the Bible and his his, his books and and especially his coaching and stuff like that. So you don't have to necessarily meet your heroes, although it's nice when you do, usually. And it was for me. I'll see you next week.